Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. I don't know if you heard about the latest controversy uh, we've been talking the about. Ukraine? No, no. This one happened. The Oscars? A, this one happened a few nights ago. It was um, the Oscars. Uh, the slap at the Oscars. Well, there there was a slap, but it was a little closer to home. Someone slapped some stickers on my car. <laughs> What stickers? So my lovely wife, Charity, asked me, well, why'd you put that sticker on your Jeep? And I'm like, what sticker are you talking about? She's like, there's a punk rock sticker on your Jeep. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking punk about. Punk rock. Yeah, so I go out to look at it, and it's a square red and blue sticker, like strategically placed, like not just like someone drove by, huh, oh, let's throw a sticker on a car, like place. Like, it wasn't like a drive-by slapping. It's like a red and blue sticker with a stick figure punk dancer and it just says punk rock on it you're doing something over there but i don't know yeah i'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to show i look like i'm like air boxing okay so, yeah that's what punk um, rockers that's, do. yeah she didn't even notice on the trailer hitch cover there was one that just said oi <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know if this is like a, a vigilante group of <laughs> punk rock ska people it's like a weird no doubt themed west side story oi oi yeah, did someone know. see your jeep and think he looks like a punk rocker and a ska fan punk rock jeep punk rock a shingler uh-huh. steven shingler yep. previous guest for and our first the, guest our first, first guest. guest yeah the artist who created our logo yep someone threw a sticker on his car it wasn't a weird punk rock no it was something like uh gosh what was it it was creed or something oh really like, yeah some <laughs> Crappy. Wait a second. Crappy man. One of the only similarities between Steven Shingler and me is you. So I'm just, you know, putting two and two together. I've always wanted you to be more punk rock, Matt. (laughs) You're not the first. That's true. He thought it was one of his students. I don't know where they get their hands on a Creed sticker. They're not just like flying around everywhere these days, I can't imagine. No, because they're in such hot demand. Yeah, I mean, that's right. You got to go on eBay. pay a pretty penny yeah. for a creed sticker all right well matt i hope you figure out the mystery um, or i hope you fall in love with punk rock maybe that's all i needed i just i needed this last little nudge to get into punk rock good luck next time we'll see when we do the the ramones or something yeah yeah that's right i don't know much about punk rock the dead, dead kennedys <laughs> sure <I don't> know. <laughs> you know despite awful people out there throwing stickers on cars we are blessed to have really, really good listeners and fans. And sometimes finest work fans will send us emails where you're, you're, you're pouring your hearts out to us. Maybe you're asking us some deep questions that you know, you're trying to find meaning for. And occasionally we like to read some of these emails in a little segment we call Kenny Gmail. This Kenny G mail comes in reference to our Michael Jackson thriller epipod. So season one, like third epipod? Yeah. This comes to us from the email is ethany at oourmail.xyz, which I think sounds completely legit. So yeah. that sounds yeah. good. Ethany's email is Cialis, preparing before the procedure, explain the procedure in correct medical terms and tell your adolescent why the test is being done. I guess it's good to have that conversation with your adolescent. What is Cialis again? I'm going to look it up. Oh, (laughs) I'm not telling my kids about this. Well, first of all, I'm not doing it, Matt. (laughs) Well, but if I were. If you are, yeah. They're saying we should tell our kids. Be open, be honest with your, especially your adolescent. When you get to be a certain age like we are, Matt, you have to make some decisions regarding your body and health right sure i had a physical recently okay it was fine but he mentioned that i needed to get checked for colon cancer sure and that means 
call a guard. I've heard about this. Basically, he was like, hey, we can do this really intrusive, gross procedure, or mm-hmm. you could go call a guard. And okay. I was like, I'm going to take number two. Yeah. So number two, that's me pooping on paper, right? Pretty much. By number two, <laughs> what they meant is they send you a box and you poop in a container. Sure. Is this going to go in there, you think? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're trains I mean, left the station. Yeah, right. Yeah. I won't get into the details. I'll oh, I think, you, you. I think you already did. <laughs> I'll just tell you two things about that. The next day, I'm holding a box, and then one of my daughters walks in and goes, oh, is that Colligard? <laughs> Thanks, TV, Yeah, for all the commercials. Yeah, right. Because she saw that little box yep. for the commercial. The second thing, I go to the UPS store downtown. I'm just hoping to drop this thing off and get out of there, right? Yep. There's a line of 10 people. Uh-huh. The Collegard logo is huge <laughs> on two sides of it. And so one side's against my body. The other side, I have two hands holding. Oh like it's gosh. like a, a precious oh. <laughs> you know, box. But instead, I'm just trying to cover up this symbol. And I walk in and I'm kind of spinning around like, uh, where's the end of the line? And what am I doing? And the guy at the front just goes, <laughs> he just says, you dropping that off? And so I go up there and kind of set it down. and just look down in shame like, or whatever. Do not make eye, yeah. eye contact. Don't ask me what's in the box. You know what's in the box. We're not going to talk about what's in the box i picture you in line just like yep just just dropping this off my wife <laughs> just, just, just bringing this up you know, yeah the receptacle that you do this in yeah uh, on one hand i'm picturing like a tiny little like test tube and you're like wait i gotta do that and <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it's a little more um, manageable no. than that it's like half a gallon of milk size i mean it's like Gosh, a God. it's wide it's deep and they said <laughs> something to the effect of don't fill it up <laughs> essentially it was like and you're like oh that sounds that sounds like a dare to me <laughs> you should not put in more than can hold and i look at this thing i'm like who, who on earth could do that anyway the guy was just like you have a nice day i was like yeah, yeah let me get out of here i couldn't have recognized collegard my daughter is that collegard gosh stupid advertising anyway what were we talking about i don't care <laughs> this is great Matt, I understand we have a special guest today. I'm very excited today that we have, as our guest, calling in remotely for the first time is my youngest niece, Allison Medlin. Okay, let's give it a go. All right. Hello. Hey. Hey, Allison, that's Matt. Hi, Allison. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) I'm excited. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from New Bern, North Carolina. I live in Asheville, but I'm here for a little while. Very cool. Allison, we're so glad to have you with us today. So what album are we going to be talking about today on the podcast? We're going to be talking about Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, which is um, her sophomore album. It came out in July of 2020. I'm excited to be talking about this, Allison, and glad that we have you here. We always like to start with our memories. So what is your experience and memory with Phoebe Bridgers? Um, so my first memory of Phoebe Bridgers was in 2015. She had a um, three-song EP come out, and I found it randomly on Spotify. And I remember just being kind of floored with the music and how she wrote her songs. And then when Punisher came out, I remember just like, it was in the middle of the height of COVID in 2020. 
So I remember just driving around for hours in my college town, just listening to Punisher, just kind of becoming obsessed in like a fun, cool way. So you liked Phoebe ahead of time. So you know that it wasn't the pandemic, but how much did that album dropping Mm -hmm. in the midst of such a crazy time have an impact? I listened to a lot of music during that time because like, I felt like it was one of the only ways to like connect with people Mm -hmm. and like talk about music. Um, When that album came out, me and my friends had like a listening party on zoom and like same thing with Taylor Swift's folklore. Like, I think it was a great way to connect with people and talk about something new, but also to like connect with the music itself. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Very timely and kind of her to, Mm-hmm. Drop that album. I mean, she didn't know it was coming. She worked on it. Didn't Allison? Like a, didn't she work on it for like a year and a half or something? Like a long time. She worked on it for a year and a half, like right after. So, her first album, Stranger in the Alps, came out. Um, she released Stranger in the Alps, and then she worked on a collaborative album with Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker called Boy Genius. And then she worked with Connor Oberst from The mm-hmm. Bright Eyes for a better oblivion community center. And during those two times she was working on Punisher. Mm. I was, had been waiting for the album. I had it in my calendar that Punisher was going to come out on like July 17th or July 19th. I can't remember exactly. And then she was like, Oh, here it is actually. Yeah. So I, I remember like I had a meeting that I had scheduled and I was like, okay, let's wrap it up. Um, I have to go at another meeting. Um, but I didn't. I just had to go listen to the album. You had a meeting with Destiny. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Bad thing is now those people know that. That was the real reason. Oh, they're listening. They they're knew listening. very soon because we had a meeting the next day and they were like, well, how is Phoebe Bridges? How's Phoebe doing? And I was like, she's great. She's sad. But... <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Matt, what's your memory? What I remember is watching SNL and seeing this girl who I thought, oh, she could be like Kristen Bell's angsty younger sister, (laughs) you know, and she's got the sort of Cobra Kai skeleton onesie on, but yet she's doing these emo music. Then her logo looks like a death metal logo. Right. Then she's smashing a guitar. Yeah. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? So it was just intriguing to see, to see that. And quite honestly, I mean, uh, until this week, I mean, this is the first time I've like dived into the the full album so cool yeah looking forward to talking about it i'm glad you brought up the snl guitar smash let's talk about that allison what was your reaction to the guitar smash and why was it such a big deal why are people like making such a big deal of it right okay i have so i I feel like i could write a thesis on the guitar smash i don't know why people got so upset i think there's something to be said that it was kind of surprising in a way like i can understand that like a shorter tiny woman just picked up a guitar and like smashed it and didn't break at first Mm. and then like she just kept smashing it over and over again so i get that that was like surprising but i've grown up listening to music where that was kind of like the norm for something like they would just smash a guitar on stage and like it'd be cool and i just think a lot of people were surprised Mm -hmm. watching her outtakes for recording I Know the End. Like, she's just in a studio screaming at Mm -hmm. the end of it. And so it's like, yeah, she could smash a guitar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, Arcade Fires, he smashed a guitar a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. No one cared. Is there a thing with it has to match the perceived angst? Like, if you're a punk rock band, no one's going to go, well, they smashed a guitar. Yeah. I just never understood the logic or lack, lack thereof, I guess. Yeah. Like I said, to me, it was out. Of, it seemed weird. Not weird in like, uh, she shouldn't be doing that. But mm-hmm. it was like the song up until that point where she starts screaming is pretty mellow. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not a heavy metal song. Mm-hmm. But then she's got that guttural scream going. 
And so to smash a guitar seemed in character with that part of the song. I saw a lot of people just mad that she would smash a guitar because it was expensive or like because the guitars cost money. Oh my gosh. And I was like, you wouldn't be mad at like a big ba- heavy metal band. So like yeah. what is the difference? And also like, I think the guitar wasn't the most expensive guitar in the world. And she clearly saved money on the uh, outfits for the rest of the band. They were all just wearing the Halloween onesie yeah. at that exactly. point. So. Yeah. Which she said she got from Amazon. It was a Dan That's Electro awesome. guitar. Matt, you know Dan yeah. Electro. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're cheap. They're yep. known for being cheap. Right. They were brought back just because it was like a kitschy type thing. Yeah. What are they like? Oh, they're starving kids who need guitars. You know, <laughs> right. like I will say it's not easy to smash a guitar. At the end of college, I was in the 80s cover band. We had an acoustic and it was a classical. We didn't care. And I don't even know who owned it, but it was permission to smash. Okay. Right? Yep. And man, I jumped up as high as I could. I'm talking like reared it mm-hmm. back behind my head and brought it down with all the force I could on the side and it did not break. It bounced back and hit you in the Pretty face. Pretty much, yeah. I had to keep oh, savagely yeah. smashing it. But my first thought was like, are you kidding me? Like, it's wood, man. Yeah. Shout out exactly. to Phoebe for smashing the guitar. Yeah, that was a, it, was, it was very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Well, let's jump in. This is track number two, Garden Song. first one that you heard yeah it was the first one that i heard and i could kind of tell that it would set the tone for what the album was going to be and i really loved it so from stranger in the alps and you know, boy genius and better Bolivian community center like did it feel like a trajectory toward this or did it feel like something brand new it felt a little more angsty and less angsty at the same time stranger in the alps had a specific brand of like a very emotional like slower kind of drawn out songs. I think Punisher has the specific brand of like being a little upbeat sometimes, mm-hmm. but also like still being like really sad and angsty, which like, who doesn't love that? Yeah. Like she's singing about a garden being built basically from like <laughs> hatred and like murder. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it's like Kyoto, which I think we're going to talk about in a second, but it's like a really like upbeat, like you're singing along and you're having fun. And then you like think about the lyrics and you're like, oh, yeah, cool. That's not the the album as a whole, I feel like, but that's kind of how it starts is just like upbeat rage, feminine rage. Yeah. Yeah. So when Stranger in the Alps came out, a lot of hype, 
for whatever reason, kind of where I was, I just couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. I was really into Boy Genius. I thought that mm-hmm. the three of them was great. Yeah. But man, Punisher from the get-go, there's something mm-hmm. different about this one. I think part of it is the production and the, the arrangements. There's more to it. This is a headphone album. Yep. Absolutely. So <laughs> listeners, I know y'all usually like gather your family around like a boom box or <laughs> yep, something yep, and, sure. and yeah. listen, you know, but you need headphones for not for Matt and I's voice, but <laughs> for this it. album, especially mm-hmm. this song. It feels like her voice and the guitar is coming in and out. Yeah. And there's like that weird sort of pulsy type. I don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. It sounds amazing. I kind of agree with The Stranger in the Alps. The first song I listened to was Smoke Signals, which is one of my favorite songs of all time but this album like the way it progresses is so different than Punisher and I think I am more used to and like kind of enjoy more the style of Punisher when listening to albums like kind of like you said like the lushness and like the instrumentals like I that's more of like my particular like favorite kind of music Mm -hmm. let's listen to a little bit of Smoke Signals It reminds me of Wilco, Summer Teeth to Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. It feels like more holistic Mm -hmm. where you've got the sounds and the production that are matching perfectly, sort of like weaving in and out. Like the feeling of the lyrics influenced the feeling of the sounds, Mm -hmm. not even just the melodies, but the sounds and vice versa, which is interesting too, because it's one artist. Right. She's got a band. She's got a ton of collaborators, but it's not like, oh, this band is developing. It's like, no, she's developing her songs, but also everyone around her. Yeah, there's something amazing that developed between Stranger in the Alps and Punisher, because Punisher is so special. I finally watched the video for this uh, (laughs) yesterday. Um, I I won't show my kids the video yet. I know. <laughs> yeah, the the warning pops up, and it's right? like you know, for mature audiences or something. And you're thinking, okay, well, it's probably got like lots <laughs> that, of flashing lights for um, you know people right. who are prone to seizures. Like, oh no, no, that's that's not why. What's your take on that video? It's all kind of laid bare. I mean, it's all out there for for mm-hmm. everyone to see for sure. They said it's for very mature audiences. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's hard because I want like everyone. To listen to her music and i and i don't want anyone to like be put off by anything put off. Yeah. and like because i think oh uh, well i don't think like fifth graders would like enjoy it as much as like i do and like my <laughs> friends do i don't know i think um that's what like when i was talking to my parents i talked to them about phoebe bridgers all the time which isn't their favorite thing but it's my <laughs> favorite thing right before my surgery a few um weeks ago we were almost late because i was buying phoebe bridgers tickets <laughs> Doctors love that stuff when you're like late for a surgery because you're buying concert tickets. It was okay because then I had to wait in the waiting room for three hours. So like I think we averaged it out, but I was right on time. So it wasn't a big deal. But my parents were like, we should probably go for a surgery that you've been needing for like four years. And I was like, hold on. Obviously a friend could have bought them, but I didn't trust anyone. That's a big thing. That's a big decision. You can't have like the super like mega fan. Ticketmaster emailed me and was like, like, basically, I could tell from like the level of like fan of Phoebe Bridgers that I am. They were like, hey, we know that you didn't buy tickets last time. 
What's up? That's Why? awesome. Here's the fan code to purchase the tickets before everyone. And the code was just Allison. It was just your name. Allison, yeah. please, it's really embarrassing that you haven't gone yet. And yet you listened to Moonsong 450 times last year. Like, what's going on? Where are you going to see Phoebe? Atlanta. I'm really excited. Nice. Oh, nice. I'm taking my daughter to see her in D.C. Former guest, Dwayne Davis, mm-hmm. our Bob Dylan expert. Yep. He took his daughter and he tried to get me to come down last minute, I think, because there was a ticket or I don't know, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it because I was like, I'm not going to stand there and hang out with you and your daughter. Like, that's a special moment, right? Yeah, right. But he said that it was just dads in the back, young girls in the front. <laughs> exactly. Because it's true, man. It, like, yeah. aside from my daughter, I would be listening to Phoebe Bridgers. Mm-hmm. You know, so she reaches different That's generations. Yeah. It's similar to that, uh, you know, when Folklore came out, oh my gosh, this is the perfect daddy-daughter date. <laughs> it's the national, you yeah, know, with dad's right. love. Right. And then Taylor. Yep. And so Phoebe's got it all. <laughs> Who dads also love. Correct. So Allison, Taylor Swift has the Swifties. What does Phoebe have? Like, is there a name? Um, the Farbs. Um, and it's a play on great question, by the way. It's a play on the Nicki Minaj fan, the Barb's, like the Barbies. Okay. There was a few other things, but I think that's the one that like sticks the most. Like it's Farb. with like a Z on the end. Normally, I think that's really specific. I like that. Yeah. Right. favorite thing about the song is the woo um and how it changes because there's like at least three versions of the song on spotify all the woos are just different and i love it that's cool how are they different are are they i mean because this one's almost like a a throwaway woo yeah but it's so good there's one that's just like a hum it's so emotional for some reason it's just like a really soft noise and in snl she was just like woo um. <laughs> so this video this was a little more easier to swallow than the yeah. uh garden song i could show my kids this video yeah and they and would go, think this is what videos fun. used to look like again as someone who didn't know a lot of phoebe bridgers before this i want more of this like i love mm-hmm. yeah. kyoto like i mean it's just so catchy but and then allison like you said earlier like the fact that it's lyrically content wise it's a pretty dark song i was talking to my parents last night and i was like yeah like one of my favorite songs is Kyoto. And then my mom, you might know her. She's your sister. Um, <laughs> she was like, what's it about? I was then like nonchalantly. I was like, oh, it's about her dad and how she hates him. And then my parents were like, 
Why do you love that song so much? Like, is everything okay with us? Like, yeah, it's just a really catchy, fun song. They listen to it and the chorus going like, I want to kill you. And they're like, yeah, it's fun. It's cute. (laughs) This is so angry, but it's fun. I love when artists can do that. They're not hitting you over the head with the anger Mm -hmm. and the darkness but they're wrapping it up in a way that's you have to think about a little bit the opposite of love i don't know that it's hate i think Mm -hmm. it's indifference Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that burns much more and she is full of indifference i mean (laughs) the way she's singing this song about her dad who she can't stand in a manner that's just like lighthearted with great melodies she's almost nonchalant in her indifference with my little brother, he said you called on his birthday. You were off by like 10 days, but you get a few points for trying. Man, <laughs> so dismissive. If, if I was the dad, that would, whew, oof, man. Yeah. That burns much more than just like a yelling at somebody. Yeah. So this was up for best rock song and best rock performance. Not best rock video? At the Grammys. <laughs> she was up for four Grammys and then one none. But then... She posted a picture of herself holding nothing, and then she was like, me holding all my Grammys. I was surprised (laughs) on some levels that she didn't win Best New Artist, but Fiona Apple had released an album the same year, and Fiona Apple's album was also wonderful. I was like, that's fair, okay. I didn't know if the the Farbs were like up (laughs) in arms against the Grammys. The Scammies. (laughs) One of my favorite Farbs, um, Elton John, was like, I'm going to be really mad if Phoebe doesn't win a Grammy. And I was like, same. Then for like a day, I was like, well, her music transcends like normal, like award shows or something dumb. And then I was like, well, she'll win one one day. Yeah. The best rock performance for that year, it was all female artists who were nominated, which is the first time ever. Also up were Haim, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which went to the same high school that she did. Really? Yes. She went to the Los Angeles County High School for the Arts. Other notable alumni. Okay, let's hear it. Besides him. Josh Groban. Your favorite. Anthony Anderson. Okay. Blackish. Blackish. And, and more. Yep. But he's hilarious. Taryn Killam. Yep, from SNL. From SNL. Yep. yep. He's really funny. How do you say it? Kahind Wiley, the guy who did the Obama portraits. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. that artist. The artist, yeah. Which he also has some things at the uh, North Carolina Museum of Art. Does he? Yep. Gosh, can you imagine that high school? The drama? I'm so jealous I didn't go there. Gosh. The talent show? Oh, the talent (laughs) show. Gosh. I wonder, like, at their cafeteria. Most high schools, at least when we were growing up, Matt, it was like, you know, the jocks were at that table. The nerds over there and the drama kids. It's just all drama kids. It's it's all, it's like a cafeteria (laughs) full of drama kids. Yeah. All right. Next track we're going to cover is Chinese Satellite. I wrote it, but I didn't 
Is that mittens I heard in the background? Oh yeah, he is being drama. I'm not gonna lie, mittens is a lot easier to deal with over these recordings than Kiwi, your bird. Oh well, yeah, (laughs) Kiwi was like, "Oh, you're recording, right? Time for me to get crazy." There's something about this song that, like, I think this was the first song that, like, really emotionally hit me. Mm -hmm. Something about the way I sobbed. Yeah, she hits you full force, man. It's not just lyrics. Mm-hmm. I had to pull over in my car. Well, because then Moon Song, I can't even. Oh my god! Um, but <laughs> we'll get. But this song, like I think, because when it came out during COVID, I misheard the last lyric in the chorus. I thought it was "belong" instead of "be wrong" at first, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh yeah." So so do I. Like I feel like I felt yeah. so. I was living alone. <laughs> I um, was working from home. I It was just like a really like solitary like time in my life and so many people's lives. And the whole song mm-hmm. is just like kind of about like doubt and and like it just made me really mm. emotional. What's the song about? Chinese satellites, Matt. Oh, yeah, I should have guessed that. She's so literal. It's kind of about religion and like with like the evangelical like comment like later in the song. Mm-hmm. Like I looked at this guy and I feel nothing. I like I want to be wrong. Like I think there's something to be said of wanting to like believe something's out there, but like not knowing and like doubting it, feeling kind of like alone in that, but also feeling you like want to like go home. Like this end of the mm-hmm. song sounds like you want to like have a community, but like you're so like filled with doubt all the time too. Gotcha. Just really beautifully said. She said, "I want to believe. I want to be wrong." Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to look up at the sky and see a tractor beam come and take me home. Like, mm-hmm. I want to. That's a vulnerable thing to sing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was thinking, too, when you were talking, Allison, about where you were and being alone and it being this time and this song hitting. I think that this is kind of the perfect album for that mood of COVID because mm-hmm. none of us were yelling. Well, there were a lot no. of people yelling. Uh, Matt, you were yelling at that cat in the meme. Was oh, that yeah. you? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but it, it was more like we were exhausted, but still really feeling things deeply and frustrated and angry. There's a weariness that she sings. Yeah. We've talked about this a lot, Matt, where an album or an artist will give voice to your emotions. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hearing, Allison. You say that this album kind of really captured where you were in that time. Definitely. Let's get to Moonsong, because I want to hear... Allison, you love this one, and so we got to hear this one. But I have 
catch any grief for the tears in heaven line that's pretty cold eric hasn't aged well man the yeah. racist comments that well, he's yeah, made yeah, and that he true. has never rescinded or apologized right, for right. people on in on old man eric yeah it's like a way of like getting her like anger and hatred across of like uncondonable actions Mm-hmm. with like being kind of like calm about it kind of like i feel like if she was mm-hmm. just like i hate eric clapton people would have gotten even angrier but she was like really specific so that's very specific i don't know it didn't bother me when i heard it i was just like oh wow but for us like we remember when he was huge and that album yeah. was huge and he was beloved you know mm-hmm. so yeah. maybe it's similar when i talk about like hating the eagles <laughs> people are like oh the eagles what's yeah. wrong with the eagles like yeah. they're like what's wrong with eric clapton yeah so, yeah, I mean, I mean, his kid did die. It, I mean, that I mean, was sad. She said it was uh, sad. No, that's true. Okay, good on her. Good on you, Phoebe. Yeah. I love this song. What is it about this one? Is this your favorite on the album? Just saying favorite on the album doesn't do it justice in my brain. Uh-huh. It's in my top three favorite songs of all time. Okay. That's awesome. On my like Spotify rap thing, it's one of my proudest moments. I was in like the top 0.01% of Phoebe Bridgers listeners, which should be no surprise to you guys, I guess. <laughs> that's but, um, impressive. So you are truly a <laughs> right? Farb. I feel like I deserve an award. I yeah. listened to Moonsong, like I think it said 450 times. <laughs> that's awesome. I was like, oh, that's probably really normal. Like that's a really normal amount of times to listen to a song. Like that's a whole year. <laughs> then my friend showed me her Spotify Wrapped, and her most listened to song had been played like 61 times. And I was like, maybe I overdid it. <laughs> this song just captures having so much like love for another person who mm-hmm. in your head, you know, like they'll never feel the exact same way, mm. but you can't do anything about it. It makes me cry every time I listen to it. Not every time. Cause like if I'm like driving around and that would like, be 460 sometimes crying. Yeah. I didn't cry that many times last year. I don't think. Um, but <laughs> the like lyric of like, so I'll wait by the door with like the bird. I don't, I'm, misremembering the exact lyric but like only time she like mentions like the moon in itself like if i could give you the moon then i would give you the moon like a very like obvious like knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. oh whatever you want that's totally yeah. fine i'll do it it makes me sad for her mm-hmm. and it also makes me sad for like anytime i've experienced that in myself so it caused like a lot of like reflection but no i went a little overboard listening to it because my a lot of like my friends and boyfriend, they just all know it's a really sad song about like not 
being like loved it's kind of like with kyoto and my parents they were like are you okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think that's the the beauty of a really good songwriter is if they can produce and create something that you can feel throughout your body and and, you know 100 relate to even if it's not completely relatable to what you're going through yeah so you can't talk about phoebe without talking about elliot smith right that's from her that was something that i sort of you know, if you're of our age, Matt, mm-hmm. you hear her immediately, you think of Elliot Smith because you're like, oh, she's double tracking her vocals in that soft way. Yeah. And in the mm-hmm. sloppy double track, not the real tight, I say sloppy and intentional. Right. And the acoustics mm-hmm. and the, you know, she goes so far to say, if someone doesn't like his music, I actually feel like I'm not going to agree with them about anything. <laughs> she is no joke about Elliot Smith. Yeah. Allison, did this lead you to explore his music? I had listened to Elliot Smith before I listened to Phoebe Bridgers. Between the Bars is one of my like favorite songs ever as well. So I think I listened to a lot more Elliot Smith once I like kind of became a farb to use it again. <laughs> and I'm glad I listened to him before like this exact lens because I mm-hmm. felt like I was able to appreciate it by myself without like having to like bandwagon like someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you're you're really tuned into music. But in general, do folks your age, is he an artist that people know about? My fellow, like, sad friends, yes. Okay, (laughs) yeah. All right, last song we're going to cover is I Know the End. This one was a slow burner to me. Yeah. Again, it was the one watching SNL when she's smashing stuff up. And there's so many movements to the song, too. I love a song that takes you on like a journey like that. And so it's grown on me for sure. Allison, where's this one for the Farbs? 
obsessed. Um, <laughs> it's a perfect end to an album, I think, because it ends with the end is here and like, or the end is near. Mm-hmm. But I think it's such a beautiful song that really encapsulates kind of the way the album should end, like with mm-hmm. like the, it's less covered up anger. It's just like yelling, like it's mm-hmm. the full on like screaming, like yeah. the way like her anger and her like, indifference like you said in kyoto it's like she's not indifferent anymore or she's mm-hmm. not like chill about it anymore like she's just mad she's letting it out yeah and she brings in all her friends to do it with her which is really yeah. cool as an ending it reminds me of a day in the life oh yeah by the beatles not mm-hmm. in the separate sort of songs but mm-hmm. just in the chaos yeah and then it ends you know yeah. okay listeners now is the time in our podcast that we challenge one another if you had to remove a song which one would it be and so what's phoebe gonna do matt what's she not she's gonna bury you she's gonna show up and she's gonna spook your kids <laughs> wearing her skeleton outfit <laughs> in the middle of the night if you don't remove a song so if you had to which song would you remove matt let's start with you because i know allison's gonna hate this question either way yeah right I wanted to remove you know, the, the opening you know, DVD menu just because it's kind of, in a lot of ways, it's a throwaway intro. Yeah. But the more I listen to it, it does a good job of leading into Garden Song. So for me, the, the one song that I would probably remove would actually be the title track, Punisher. In an album full of slow builds. Yeah. And it comes after Kyoto, which is just such a fun, uplifting song okay. about you know hating your father. What about you? It has to be DVD menu, just because I don't have a song on there that easily pops out. Mm-hmm. So, unhappily, DVD menu. Sure. All right, Allison, you got to do it. I know. <laughs> okay, so like, if I remove it from the album, does it still exist? Yeah, yeah. Can I still listen to it? Okay, then I would remove Moonsong and just give it its own album full of it over and over. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. That's never been done before. Yeah. Removing your favorite song just to make it its own album to listen to over and over <laughs> is amazing. I like okay. it. Nice. Now it's time for your senior quote. So this is the quote that goes under your senior picture in high school, and it represents the journey you've been on, the road that lies ahead, or anything else you want to say. So, Mm -hmm. Allison, what would your senior quote be? I would do kind of a basic idea of a senior quote, but the line from Graceland 2, she knows she lived through it to get to this moment. I feel like it's Mm. a really, like, encapsulates. That's good. Right? Actually, I embroidered that. I do needlepoint, and I embroidered that on a um, little canvas thing. That's cool. For Father's Day, are you going to embroider the lyrics to Kyoto and give it to (laughs) you? Yeah. (laughs) Or I want to kill you. (laughs) No, I don't think so, but who knows? You got a couple months. All right. Matt, what's your... Quote. I think mine would be from Chinese Satellite and these lines of, I've been running around in circles pretending to be myself. Why would somebody do this on purpose when they could do something else? Yeah. For a lot of people, that's high, high school, school and you're still trying to figure out who you are and you're dealing with cliques and just high school drama. So that would be mine. What about you? Under my senior picture, <laughs> it would say, I hate your mom. 
I hate it when she opens her mouth. <laughs> Just because who's yeah. mom? Yeah. Whose mom am I talking about? Yeah, everybody yeah. be wondering. Somebody's going to be like, man, I thought he liked my mom. Oh, you man. don't know. That's Plus good. high school, Wonderful. your mom jokes. Yeah, oh, yeah. It just seems fitting. That does seem fitting. Yeah. Allison, you have taught us so much and it was so cool to meet you and to meet a real life Farb. Yeah. First Farb I've ever known. Thank you guys for having me. This was really fun. And it's nice to be able to hold it over my mom who really wants to be on the podcast. It's really fun <laughs> for me. It's like a kind of like a the gift that keeps on giving because when it comes out, she'll just get mad. And I think it's wonderful. Your lovely mom told me that you know your sister was also irritated that we didn't have her on for Taylor Swift, but uh, she had to get bumped for Matt's daughter. Yeah. I tried to explain it to them that you have to make loving an artist so much your whole personality. That's it. That's how you get on. Also, I just want to clarify that when I said I hate your mom, I was not talking to you, Allison. <laughs> Yeah, that's Matt, my sister you're yeah, talking your about. Yeah, your sister is great. She's great. <laughs> I think that would be even funnier. So I think... <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Allison. We'll catch up soon. Have a good one. Bye. See As always, thanks to all the Finest Work fans for listening to Finest Work Songs. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Finest Work Songs and on Facebook. And check out our website, FinestWorkSongs.com. We'll see you soon with another episode. But until then, I think Phoebe would approve of our choice. We're going to take you out with some Elliot Smith. Yeah, I'm never going to know.